Engaging conversation on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, hello, friends, and welcome to our program. I'm very excited about this episode. You know, we're in the midst of having leaders meetings here. As I've told you, pro-life national leaders coming together at our headquarters for several days of strategy and planning and fellowship and prayer. And boy, do I have a guest for you tonight. She's one of my favorites. Longtime friend and colleague, and you know her, Abby Johnson, former Planned Parenthood worker and now the CEO of something called And Then There Were None, helping these clinic workers to get out of that web of evil and to find mercy, forgiveness, and healing. Abby, so good to be with you. Oh, thanks for having me, Father. Thanks for being here at our Priest for Life headquarters. Uh, I gave you a tour of the place earlier. What did you think? I'm just so impressed. It's beautiful and spacious and just such a a beautiful place for ministry. Yes, ministry indeed. And today, of course, we're happy to have you in our leaders meeting. You know, we're ministering to one another, aren't we? A lot of good updates, a lot of good encouragement. You told us today uh, about some of the key projects that you're involved in. I'm sure our audience would like to hear too, especially the... uh, the documentary because you yeah. you allowed me to be part of that yes. and I'm very grateful for that. Tell us about Unthinkable. Yeah, so I mean that's the goal, right? Is to make abortion unthinkable because we know mm. that the law is important. We know that the law is a teacher in in our society and in a civil society we know that the law is important. But we know that the law isn't an end all be all, right? Because right. even if abortion is illegal, we know that there are times where women will still make that choice. And right, so, right. you know, how do you, how do you fix that? Well, we have to really work on hearts and minds. And, and so really that is the goal, that is the heart of the pro-life movement is to change those hearts and minds. Right. And, you know, we have had such a, a huge success with the overturning of Roe and, and throwing that into the ash heap of history. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know now we're working on state initiatives and and all of this and we certainly need some strategy there but you know i know that your heart and my heart is to really minister to these women who are in yeah. crisis yeah. and to minister to the women who have had abortions and are now especially vulnerable mm-hmm. to have another one right and and so we really need to go to those women and to say look how can we help you? Right. How can we minister to you in the middle of this crisis? And, and the solution is not to eliminate your baby, right? Mm-hmm. But how can we get you to a place where you feel stable and cared for and loved? And so I think one of the ways that we do that, one of the ways that we really help people understand the dangers of, of abortion is to really expose the evil of abortion. Like St. Paul said, have nothing to do with the fruitless works of darkness, but rather expose them. Expose them. them. And so that's what we're doing. And so um, I think one of the the really important parts of And Then There Were None uh, for our workers is going out and and speaking Mm -hmm. about what they've done, Mm -hmm. what they've seen. I mean, it's almost part of the the reparation yeah. right of yes exactly of, of what what we feel compelled to do right and um 
And so that's what Unthinkable is. We just got dozens and dozens of former workers together, all different positions Mm -hmm. within the industry, doctors, nurses, uh, you know, healthcare assistants. I, I mean, people that were high up in the clinic, people that were just those hourly workers, you know, just run the gamut all together, um, group interviews, individual interviews, and telling their stories, some from Planned Parenthood, some from individual clinics. But we wanted to see, are we looking at systemic pervasive issues in the abortion industry? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, are these situations that we hear of, not reporting statutory rape, harboring abusers, women dying, bleeding out on abortion clinic tables, women bleeding to death at hotels. Um, you know, all these different things that we hear, is that really just a one-off sort of situation? That's what they want us to think. That's what they oh, want us to believe. Oh, that was a believe. bad clinic that you worked at, right? Right. That's not the rest of us. That's yeah. right. Like like Gosnell, right, right, for right. instance, like what happened at Kermit Gosnell. Yeah. The abortion industry would have us believe that that was just one house of horrors, right? Right. right. When, that, they, when we get them to the point that they can't deny what happened in that one place, that's the excuse they'll try to right. use. Right, and they yeah. say, oh, that didn't happen anywhere else. Right, right. Well, right. let me tell you something. We have a former Gosnell worker in the documentary, mm-hmm. and then we compare it. Okay, Adrian, what was it like working at Gosnell's clinic? Yeah. Okay, Lorenda, what was it like working at Pendergraft's clinic right. in Orlando? Okay, what was it like working at you know this person's clinic yeah. in Ohio? What was it like working at this clinic in New York? And what you find is that they're all very similar. It's a systemic problem. It is a systemic problem because at the heart of it is child sacrifice. Right. At the heart of it. We discussed that on the documentary, right? At the heart of it is evil. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Our conversation was very moving. And again, I'm grateful to be part of this uh, this documentary because we talked about the spiritual core of evil in the abortion industry. And and I really love what you said, Father. And I I want you to repeat it again here because it really stuck with me. We were talking about sacrifice. Yes. And one of the things you said was how the enemy, how Satan doesn't need women to recognize that they are sacrificing That's their right. children. That's right. Because you know, you and I, we, we help those that that have that have had abortions, and and uh, you know, you've been through it yourself, and and we know that people are doing this out of despair. They're not doing this because they're worshiping Satan. Right. But Satan actually doesn't care. It's still a sacrifice. You are putting that baby on an altar of sacrifice, in order to get something back. What are you getting back? A, a, a freedom, or at least this is what you you are you're aiming to get back, right? right? I want to need to be rid of this problem. I need to pursue my career, my education. I want something in return for this abortion. Mm-hmm. That's the nature of sacrifice. You give something up, you get something in return. Right. That's exactly right. And that's what we're seeing over and over again with these stories that are coming out from these workers. I really think the prayer is that it is really going to pull back the curtain on yes. the abortion industry. It's yes. really going to open some eyes. But honestly... Yes. I'm praying for two things, like two specific things. I'm praying, one, that this provides tremendous healing for women who have had abortions, that they can see that, you know, things were bad. What happened to them in the clinic, it it was as bad 
yeah. as they thought it was. Yeah. Because I, th- I think even when I had my first abortion, I don't remember much about it, but I do remember a few things about it. And now looking back, I'm like, God, that really was as bad as I thought it was. Yeah. I wasn't crazy. Mm-hmm. Like the things mm-hmm. I remember, I remember being in so much pain. And I remember thinking, was I really in that much pain? Or am I just imagining uh, that? Right, right, right. But then when you start hearing other people's stories and these abuses that are happening in the clinic, you go, right. wait, I'm not crazy. You're not crazy, right. I'm not right, crazy. Right, right, right. The abortion industry has been gaslighting an entire population of people to make us think that your abortion experience wasn't that bad. Right. Right? right? Yeah, it were exactly. really legitimate healthcare providers. So I hope that these women realize that no, there really are terrible abuses happening in the abortion industry. Mm-hmm. You're not alone. There is healing available, yeah. right? But number two, I hope that this creates such a panic in the abortion industry. Yeah. And I hope it yeah. creates such a panic that workers start just fleeing yeah. Yeah. out of these abortion clinics. And I hate to even call them clinics, but that they just start fleeing out of these facilities and that they're cre- that they're it creates such a stigma around working in yeah. in these facilities that they can't even get workers. That's right. That's what we need to do. I've always said we have to increase the stigma. The other side cannot take the stigma out of abortion. That that's it. They might have all the money and political power in the world. They cannot take the stigma out of abortion. That's the weak spot. We need to 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 put the focus on that and yeah. and, and 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 make a what is already a problem for them even a worse problem. Oh, yeah. And that's why you know I'm excited about this movie, Unthinkable. Where can people see the trailer? Yeah, so they can go to Unthinkable Doc, like D-O-C, the documentary, unthinkabledoc.com. Dot com, okay. Well, friends, for those of you that are just joining us, we are talking with Abby Johnson. Uh, you may have seen the movie Unplanned uh, from a few years ago, and uh, this is the Abby of Unplanned, a former Planned Parenthood worker and uh, director and uh, now great collaborator and friend. And, and that's what I want to talk with you about for a few minutes. It's so great to have you here at headquarters. Uh, you know, we're often together in other parts of the country, different events and whatnot, but today you're here at Priest for Life. And you've been a great support to me. I mean, we, we've worked, first of all, when people know about your journey, and, you know, I'll bring it up sometimes in talks, or people will bring it up to me. And I want our audience to know, for me, this is a journey that, uh, a significant portion of which I've been able to make with you. Yeah. And, and to me, that, I mean, this is, a, this is very personal for me. Um, and we go way back, you know, you used to, t- tell them how you used to watch me on TV when, yeah. you, when you were working in the clinic. I did. I've, I tell people, I have known Father Frank Pavone since I was deep in the pro-abortion movement. Um, I used to watch you and, and Janet actually, um, on the ending abortion yeah. TV show. Right. And I remember, uh, Specifically, the part I remember was you guys had a mailbag portion okay. of the show, and you guys would read uh, letters and things that came in from the audience. And uh, and I remember that specifically because I remember, you know, you guys would kind of, it was almost like an apologetics portion yes. of the show, because you would kind of answer questions that would come in, like, how do I answer this? or my sister said this or, you know, whatever. And I remember um, just thinking, like, 
well, dang, like they do have the answers <laughs> to these questions that are coming in, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but it was, it was really me kind of studying the pro-life movement, right. you know, yeah. like what are they saying? How is this thing operating? And yeah. so I used to watch you guys um, all the time. That was kind of part of my homework, I guess, watching and really studying the pro-life movement. Sure, exactly. I mean, exactly. you have to study is, your opponent. Which is smart, absolutely, you know? absolutely. And, uh, and so, yeah, so then, you know, I tell the story all the time when you showed up outside of my clinic, <laughs> one day and you know we had cctv everywhere and i just remember seeing you come out in front of our clinic and i was just like whoa i said i th i think that's father frank pavone out in front of our clinic and we did have two catholics that that worked um in our facility and one of them was like how do you know how do you know who father frank pavone is and i said well, i watch him every week <laughs> I watch, I watch a show, and uh, I said, "God, you think that would be weird if I went out and said hello?" And they said, "Yeah, yeah, I think that would be weird. I do not think you can go out and say hello." But um, I just kind of felt like this—I uh, don't know—like we were just kind of kindred spirits, right, and. Right, uh, right. And then you were one of the first people I met. You were one of the first people I talked to when I did have my conversion and left. Um, you were one of the first people that I was connected with. And we've just kind of been on this journey ever since. We have, we have. And it's been a journey of healing for you. Mm -hmm. But then we had the privilege of ministering together be before you started and then there were none. Remember we did those retreats. Yeah. Oh my goodness, some of the most powerful moments. I remember on one of them, I often tell the story of how you know you were sitting there, I think we had four or five other former clinic workers, and it came the point to calculate how many lives just from those sitting in this room were taken. And you did the calculus based on you know knowing the abortion industry from the inside, knowing how long they had worked in these different, in these different locations. We came up with a number, half a million lives. Yeah. I mean, and, and I tell that story and people are just like blown away by that. But we did work uh, Yeah, together. there were only five of us and there. there were, yeah, yeah, right. There were five of us in the room. Right. And it was about half a million. Unbelievable. I want to thank you for the support that you've given me. We, we've both, we have both faced, um, and it's par for the course, and we're not complaining. We both yeah. faced all kinds of opposition. And you know, it, it, it comes from... We were talking about the biblical roots of, of, of the work you're doing with this documentary, which is expose the works of darkness. And scripture tells us that when the light comes into the world, some prefer darkness yeah. and, and they hate the light. And for whatever reason, you know, some people try to try to shut us down. They try to shut you up. They try to shut me up. I've had the trials and tribulations with some hierarchy in the church, but we have stuck with each other. You have stood strong. We spoke. In fact, there's been various times over these years that we've each had to defend one another yeah. against these attacks. Um, let's talk about that a little bit because yeah. this is part. So many in our audience face the same thing, whether it's in their personal lives, their professional lives. The cancel culture is worse than ever before. The weaponization of government against pro-lifers and the weaponization of church government too. I mean, this is a real battle. I think it's important that you know. I I, I think the enemy. The enemy does come after us personally. I think the enemy tries 
intentionally to destroy our character um, and tries to attack us, you know, in these very personal ways. And, you know, I've, I've seen that so much um, in, in my own life. I mean, I've called you crying before saying, oh my gosh, you're not going to believe what they're saying about me now, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really important that people who care about each other, who love each other, who are in this battle together, that we can trust each other to have each other's backs when things get tough, when things get hard, because things are gonna get hard. That's right. And the enemy is going to try to assassinate our character. And the hard thing, though, the tough thing, is when people in your circle, people that you think you can trust, people that you think are gonna be on your side, when they fall for the enemy's tactics. And people that you think, they're my friends, they're gonna be with me, whatever, they turn on you. I think that's the hardest thing, but I also think that's an attack of the enemy because then we become so downtrodden, right? And we forget that even though there may be some that turn against us, there are others that will always be in our corner, right? right? And right. and those are the people we have to lean on. And a lot of that, um, you know, I think that's just God's goodness that He He gives He does give us people who are going to stand with us, who are going to stand strong with us. Um, doesn't mean we're always going to agree on everything, and that would be weird. If that would be weird anyway, yeah. that would be weird <laughs> if you had people around you all the time that agreed on everything 100%, like that would be very robotic and strange. Um, That, you know, the human nature is to disagree and to to challenge each other, to challenge each other, right? That's part of it. Um, We can challenge each other, but still love each other and care about each other and still defend each other and have each other's backs. Um, And I think that that is part of, that's part of what God wants for this movement. Right. I think that's what he wants as brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, he wants us to be unified in that way. Because we, we are the body of Christ. We are to exactly. be one. That's one of the main things we're doing, of course, during these very days. You're here with us. We've got uh, about 50 leaders here. And um, we're praying together. Yeah. We're, 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 we're talking honestly and openly with each other. And the same thing was said just in the session we had before coming here in the studio that, hey, folks, it's not about everybody agreeing on everything. Hmm. It's about everybody being able to share their thoughts, hammer out strategies, and maintain that unity. Yeah. Have each other's back, like you said, because we got to move forward against a, a common enemy, which is the satanic spirit of abortion. That's right. Yeah. And I, I mean, and it's true. I mean, I don't agree with everybody in that room on every single thing, right. and they don't agree with me on every single thing. Right. That's okay. It is, yeah. The enemy is not each other. The enemy is abortion. The enemy is sin. Right. The enemy is Satan. The enemy is a culture that is trying to attack the image of Jesus Christ. Right. That's the enemy. And so we have to lock arms and say, we're going to fight, we're going to win this war together not fractured, yeah. but together. And we can only win if we win, if we lock arms and do this together. That's right. Thank you for being part of this movement, of part of my life and journey. 
How's my godson? And oh, people don't, well. Some people know, but some people don't know. Tell them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Father Frank is uh, my son, Alex. He's Alex is 11 now. Yep. And uh, he's he is, um, Father Frank is Alex's godfather. And Alex is, is amazing. He's an amazing young man. And uh, I just gave up my office so that Alex could have his own room. Oh, so yeah, he's very yeah. he's very excited about that. Very, so, uh-huh. Yeah, he's a Lego master <laughs> and he's amazing and has the best godfather ever. So um, someone I know is praying for him all the time, which okay. is what you want in, you in a godparent. Privilege. Thank so, you for that privilege. So yeah, yes, but yes. you know, that's another thing too. I mean, there have been times in, in my life where, um, you know, certainly where I've wanted you to be on different journeys and you haven't been able to be there because of different... Well, because of certain bishops in the church that yeah. say, no, 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 you can't do this, you yeah. can't do that. When we, when we came into, Doug and I came into the church in 2012 and you were supposed to be there yeah. um, to uh, be there for our first communion. To receive you communion. into the church. That's right, yeah. to receive yeah. us into the church and you couldn't be there. And... Uh, and even though I really wanted you to just disobey that and come anyway, you did not. Um, and then, uh, and then, yeah. And then when Alex, uh, shortly after, actually, because I was pregnant with Alex when when we came into the church, and then when Alex was born, um, we we were hoping that you'd be able to come down and be there for his baptism. That's right. That's and right. Uh, you couldn't, so we had to have a proxy. So, yeah. um, you know, but. Uh, it's okay. Well, what I said to those those uh, uh, in the church that were uh, and, and still try to block, you know, the different work and ministry that we do, I said to them, "Listen, you have authority over certain things, and we all respect authority, even when authority makes the wrong decisions. Your authority over certain things." And I said to them straight to their face, "There's something that you don't have any authority over, and that's the relationships that's that right. we leaders in the movement, that we activists in the trenches." have with one another, I said to them, you can't take that away from me. You mm-hmm. can't. You can take the, the collar all, uh, away. You can't take away my relationships with these leaders and our commitment to one another. And, and I want to say that to you and I want to say that to our viewers because, again, we're all in the same boat in this movement. And the faithful supporters that are watching us now, they're supporting Priests for Life. You know, when, 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 when they said to me, you can't be a priest anymore, so many of these people that are watching us right now, they say, well, how, Father, what can we do to help you? How can we help? And I said, this is, this is very simple. We're not asking you to rebel against the church. We're not right. even asking you to criticize the church. Here's our rebuke against those that want to cancel us. And this is true for, for you too and all the rest of us. Our rebuke against those who cancel us is our success. Yeah. Right? We keep succeeding. People keep supporting the work we're doing. I say to people, listen, when you, when you see us stop doing the work, then stop supporting us. But right. as long as we're still doing the work, we need your help and we need you doing it with us. So, And I remember calling you. I remember calling you one time being very frustrated about something in the church. And you said, Abby, what is our focus in the church? And I said, the Eucharist? <laughs> and you said, yes, the yeah. Eucharist. And you said, just keep your eyes on the Eucharist. That's right. And that is, yeah, that is true. Yeah, the Eucharist, not necessarily the hand that gives it to you. No, that's right. Not the hand that gives it to us, but the 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 body of Christ. Jesus. Jesus always shows up for His people. That's right. Well, thank you so much. Shall we pray a little? Can I invite you to say a little prayer? Sure. For 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 us and for our viewers. Absolutely.
All right, and Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Oh, uh, Jesus, we, we just, we thank you so much. And we thank you for the work of Priest for Life and Father Frank and, and the staff here. We thank you, God, for, we thank you for all the lives that have been spared, all the lives that have been healed. God, we, we, we thank you for your love, for your goodness, for your mercy, your forgiveness. Lord, we would ask that any woman, any couple, anyone who is currently in that valley of decision, God, that you would be with them now, that you would place your your hand of peace in their lives, that any chaos would be removed from their life, from their mind, and that your peace, that your, your mighty hand of grace would fall upon them, Lord, and that they would know that in the midst of any crisis, that life is the best choice, that life is the winning choice. I'd ask that, um, that for anyone who has worked in the abortion industry, anyone who is currently working in the abortion industry, God, that um, that you would just overtake their mind, that, um, that there would just be some kind of awakening in their mind, God, that there would be um, a haunting come over their spirit that would cause them to, to flee from the evil that they are participating in. If they're already gone, God, that they would that they would turn to you and that they would find resources that can help them. We thank you for this gathering. We thank you for this show. We, we ask for a, a boldness, a holy boldness, so that we can go out and proclaim the gospel of life everywhere that we go. We ask all these things in your most precious holy name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Abby. God Amen. bless you. Thank you, friends, for joining us. Abby Johnson, follow her online on social media. Let's all continue supporting one another. And uh, we'll see you next time, next episode. Bring other people in to watch these programs. God bless you. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.